Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, very special episode. We'll be talking about the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, their fantasy football team preview for 2020. If you haven't already, I invite you to check out the rest of the team preview series. We'll be finishing up here in the next week or two before the season gets started, but I've tried to make them as evergreen as possible. Lots of nuggets throughout each. So without further ado, your 2020 Kansas City Chiefs fantasy football team preview. Starts with the best quarterback we've ever seen. If you believe in a little thing called, you know, humans, human genetics and them developing and getting better over time. But seriously, I mean, what Mahomes has done in the start to his career is absolutely outrageous. I mean, you look at every QB to ever start at least 16 games in the Super Bowl era and Mahomes ranks sixth in completion rate, third in touchdown rate, fifth in interception rate, first in QB rating, first in yards per attempt, adjusted yards per attempt, net yards per attempt, pretty much everything fam and it really is just absurd the latter metric adjusted net yards per attempt you know it's incorporating touchdowns interceptions sacks just you know pretty much what can happen during any given pass attempt Mahomes has been a full yard better than number two all time which is Lamar Jackson I mean part of this is the game you know just getting to the point where pass offenses can be so much more efficient and you know schemes never been better and players never been better the rule changes and all that, but truly, Mahomes is so incredibly special, and the wild thing for his fantasy value is it even has room to go up, potentially, because 2018, you know, we saw the 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, and what he could do there, but Mahomes has always had kind of an untapped rushing upside in the NFL. I mean, this guy ran for 22 touchdowns in his last 25 games at Texas Tech, and we actually started to see signs of, you know, that rushing floor come to fruition in the last season playoffs. You look at the game against Houston, Mahomes rushes seven times for 53 yards. Against the Titans, eight rushes, 53 yards, and a touchdown. In the Super Bowl, nine rushes, 29 yards, and a score. The guy's got wheels. I mean, that run against the Titans was one of the best runs we've seen from a quarterback in recent memory. Mahomes is should be anyone's real-life QB1 in fantasy. He better not be outside of that top two as well. Moving on to the backfield, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire season, everybody. Now, you know... I hate when we have analysts get these rookies and you know immediately compare them to all pros, future Hall of Famers, this or that. You know, make the guys earn it. Let's quit comparing every single guy to you know some future Hall of Famer. But when it's Andy Reid comparing Claude Eversolaire to Brian Westbrook, who Reid obviously coached for you know nearly a decade and knows seemingly knows him better than any of us do, you know it's hard for hard for me to ignore that. And you know uh, Reid on that comparison said talking about Clyde Edwards-Solaire. He can block for you. He can run routes. He's got tremendous vision and lateral abilities with cuts and route running, all those things. He's just a really good football player. And apparently, the Chiefs texted Mahomes before the draft and said, who would you like us to draft in the first round? Mahomes said Clyde Edwards-Solaire. So, match made in heaven. I mean, even before Damian Williams chose to opt out, it was a situation where you just wanted to bet on the talent rising, on Clyde Edwards-Solaire eventually winning in the number one spot. It's what we've seen from first-round running backs for years, and now the depth chart is as barren as could be. And we're talking about the only player in SEC history to gain 1,000 rushing yards and catch at least 50 passes in a single season. The The ceiling is the roof here for Clyde Edwards-Solaire in 2020. I understand if people don't think, you know, he's a Saquon Barkley-caliber talent. I mean, he doesn't have, you know, a ton of straight-line speed. But I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I've had a... Graham Barfield from Fantasy Points on the podcast. And, you know, one of the guys who I respect his opinion on RBs more than just about anyone. And Graham's saying that Clyde is the best receiver to come out as a running back since Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, you pop on the film, you see him doing it against Alabama. 
you know, all these uh, dope SEC schools and the option routes, possibilities are endless. And again, it's just this offense. You can't miss as Andy Reid's RB1. I mean, you go back to the Brian Westbrook days. I mean, from 2003 to 2008, here are Westbrook's ranks in PPR points per game. RB19, RB5, RB7, RB4, RB1, and RB1. You go LaShawn McCoy from 2010 to 2012, RB3, RB3, RB8. Jamal Charles from 2013 to 2015, RB1, RB7, RB2. Kareem Hunt in 2017 and 2018, RB5, RB8. Even if Clyde Ebersolaire is the worst talent among those backs, I mean, we truly have like an RB1 floor with this guy, and obviously the ceiling is as the single best fantasy back. I am buying Claude Ebersolaire in leagues of all shapes and sizes. Do not be afraid to spend on this guy. The interesting part is who will be his backup. It sounds like Daryl Williams has beaten out DeAndre Washington for that role. I think it's probably okay to not worry about spending late round picks on Washington at the moment. This would likely be a committee of sorts if something happens to Clyde. Looking at the wide receiver room. So in the Super Bowl last year, we had Tyreek Hill, you know, being the alpha as he is when he's out there. Um, he played 87% snaps. Sammy Watkins also played 87% snaps. Demarcus Robinson was at 49%. Mecole Harbin, 28%. So the coaches were already showing signs of getting Demarcus Robinson less involved in favor of Mecole Harbin. I think we continue to see that in 2020, maybe a little bit of Watkins as well, because Mecole is just too talented to not, you know, get on the field more often. This guy literally just set, you know, the record for rookies with 13.1 yards per target. Highest mark since targets started being tracked back in 1992. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. He... He ran a 4-3-3 40-yard dash, and that looks slow compared to what you see on film. I mean, every couple of weeks, I'll have a few too many drinks, wonder out loud on Twitter. You know, no one else can beat me, Cole Hardman, in a race other than his own teammate, Tyreek Hill. I agree with the people that, you know, have rightfully pointed out John Ross and Matt Breida, among others, but truly, everyone, like me, Cole Hardman, can absolutely fly. I think he is the prime and maybe the only, like, wide receiver handcuff in the league. I mean, there's just not many other wide receiver fours where we would be, you know, really just, uh, you know, confident in what they could do with a more feature workload. I mean, we, it's not like we even need triple digit targets for Miko, just 70 or 80, and this dude could absolutely smash value. I am buying the Chiefs rising second year stud, definitely. Um, Sammy Watkins, I just can't quite get behind him and Demarcus Robinson. I mean, Sammy had the blow up game against the Jaguars in week one. Robinson went off in week two or three against the Raiders, and the guys largely did nothing else. Now, Sammy, he's not going to be exiled from this offense. He's been too good in too many playoff games at this point. I mean, it was a similar situation that we were looking at for Damian Williams before he chose to opt out. So I think Sammy will still be on the field as long as he's healthy, but at this point, it's just hard to really expect him to really rise up the ranks too much. The offense is too crowded. I think it's going to continue to be sporadic for Sammy. Not, not, not predicting like the seventh or eighth year breakout over however deep he is into the league at this point. Um, Tyree Kill, you know, in my mind, he's the most impactful wide receiver in the entire league. Not saying the best, but although he is underrated, you know, in ball tracking and deep ball ability, he doesn't just run by guys. He can go up and get it as well. But just in terms of who strikes the most fear into opposing secondaries, who keeps defensive coordinators up you know, latest at night, I think it is Tyree Kill at the wide receiver position. I mean, pairing him with Mahomes, truly unfair. And, you know, this was, in terms of fantasy land, it's always been a top guy. I mean, with Alex Smith in 2017, Tyreek was the PPR 
wide receiver eight. 2018 with Mahomes, he's the overall wide receiver one. Last year, he slipped to wide receiver 32. That was only because he played 12 games. So expecting, you know, Tyreek, he doesn't even need the 150 plus targets. If he ever got that, he would be the wide receiver one. As it is, you know, in that 120, 130 target range, Tyreek still locked into the top three. So honestly, I don't mind taking darts on all these guys in best ball. I realize it's kind of the token thing to say about wide receivers. Like I like them better in best ball, but it is true in this situation where, okay, Tyreek, you'll, you'll want him in any format, but Miko Hardman, when you don't have to, you know, identify exactly when he's going to boom and when he might bust just from not getting the snaps. It's it's a situation where best ball does lend itself better to players like him. So if you want me, Cole Hardman, I would suggest you do it at Underdog Fantasy. Use code PFF, get a free entry into their million-dollar contest. And, hey, me, Cole Hardman leads you to that championship. Remember who sent you there. Moving on to tight end position, the Chiefs' real number one receiver is Travis Kelsey. He's led the team in targets four straight seasons. Overall, tight end one and fantasy for four straight seasons as well. Trying to meet Tony Gonzalez's mark of most tight end one seasons uh, since the new millennial in 2000. And it's it's just, again, I called him a number one receiver. He, he's a, a nothing, not to take away from his blocking or anything like that, but his receiving production just is as a receiver. It's not a tight end situation. Only Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Mike Evans have more receiving yards than Kelsey over the past two seasons. It is just bonkers but I do wonder like how much longer can he keep up this level we saw how fast the end came for Gronk it's just an incredibly demanding position when you have to block and then you know you're going down the middle all these times taking you know hellacious hits from these safeties to the back and legs and this and that I mean Gronk is only 144 days older than Kelsey and you know if, it, if there is ever an offense to age gracefully and it's the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes under center I mean, I'm not predicting Kelsey to fall off a cliff and even if he does from an athletic standpoint, you know, if he just gets the snaps, which should be there after they just sign him to a long-term contract, I think, you know, even a 60% version of Kelsey could still put up a good amount of numbers. Uh, just a situation where I maybe would wonder, like, when are we going to see the changing of the guard from Kelsey to Kittle or maybe Mark Andrews in terms of fantasy's best tight end. So moving on to the ranks, I have Mahomes as my QB2, one spot behind Lamar Jackson, one spot ahead of Dak Prescott. I see the possibility for him, you know, to get back to 2018 overall QB1 if Lamar really, you know, uh, has his touchdown uh, rate plummet, as we've seen kind of happen to these quarterbacks that have, uh, you know, 7 8% or higher rate. It could happen, but I just think Lamar, who is, I think, fifth in the league in rushing yards per start over the past two seasons, regardless of position, rushing floor is simply, you know, unmatched at the position. And even though Mahomes, you know, I'm taking him number 1.01 in any real-life draft, any Madden draft. But fantasy drafts, I would take Lamar ahead of Mahomes. Um, at running back, I have Clyde Ebersleur as my RB5. One spot behind Alvin Kamara, one spot ahead of Dalvin Cook. I was sticking to Dalvin ahead of Clyde really up until this week. And it's, you know, Mr. Adam Schefter, the GOAT from ESPN, pointing out that, you know, if he was a fantasy investor and Dalvin, the Vikings don't get Dalvin signed before week one, he'd be, he'd be concerned. And, you know, because Shefty is concerned, I am concerned as well with that. I think Dalvin plays. Like, I, I wouldn't predict him to hold out or anything like that. But, you know, when it comes down to it, and there is a little more risk seemingly now with Dalvin, you know, hearing that from Schefter, uh, it is a situation where I'm going to take the Chiefs, you know, locked in RB1 over the Vikings, locked in RB1, even if we know the talent in Minnesota is probably a little bit higher uh, for Cook than it is for Clyde. Uh, wide receiver, I have Tyreek Hill, wide receiver three, one spot behind Devontae Adams, one spot ahead 
of Julio Jones. Again, I mean, if we could project 150 plus targets, I think Tyreek would be a wide receiver one. Just a situation where we got to have a little less, but hopefully Tyreek, it does get back to getting those 15, 20 rush attempts per season now that his collarbone is no longer an issue. I mean, you go back to his rookie year and even second year in the league, they put him truly at running back, and the dude is electric when he's back there. So uh, do not be surprised if Tyree Kill, you know, flirts with that overall wide receiver one spot with 16 games of good health. I have Miko Hardman as my wide receiver 39, one spot behind Brandon Cooks, one spot ahead of Anthony Miller. And look, you know, I had a podcast with Danny Kelly from The Ringer recently and one of the really good points he made in our you know 10 commandments for fantasy football drafts was just the idea that okay you know don't lose your drafts early stick to adp in the early rounds those adps are sharp at this point in the draft but you know once you get the later rounds don't be afraid to take a stand on your guys shoot for that upside and Nicole harbin's upside is truly absurd i have been landing him in a lot of my drafts best ball and redraft alike i have sammy Watkins down to wide receiver 65 mark you know, just not so I'm going out there and getting, I mean, the snaps are there. Maybe we'll look back on this and say we, uh, you know, kind of like one of my misses last year was Brashad Perryman. Just even though the targets were there, I, I was like, oh, it's Brashad Perryman. He's not going to do it. It's Brashad Perryman. And I got burned on that. Maybe we're getting set up to get burned by Watkins this year. But, you know, I just think if he, they play this season out, you know, a thousand times, Kelsey and Tyreek are always going to be the top two options. And then just like to say Sammy's going to be a number three over Clyde, over Mecole. You know, maybe that happens, uh, you know, in 50% of those simulations or so. But I, floor is low, everyone. We'll see what happens with Sammy. Uh, I have Kelsey as my tight end, too. One spot behind George Kittle, one spot ahead of Mark Andrews. It's He's in that top tier, and I'm just going with Kittle because there's no Manny Sanders there. Devo's banged up. Ayuk's banged up. I think Kittle has been, at least for last year, the better better real-life player. It's more just a little bit of a bet on a Kittle, you know. We could still see the very best of Kittle to come. I think the very best of Kelsey might have been in the past. Again, he no signs of Kelsey being washed. And even if he is, he's going to be just fine aging with uh, Patty Mahomes under center. Just think it's a situation where give me the younger, better guy right now. Even if the QB play isn't quite as good, I think the targets could actually uh, make their way well above Kelsey. Uh, Chiefs win total, 11.5. Also have the Ravens at 11.5. Saints at 10.5 and, and 49ers, 10.5. The only other teams in double digits. I'm going to take the over here at the Chiefs. And that is being juiced right now, minus 145. And, you know, predicting someone to go 12-4 and four is a lot. But there's just so few holes in this team. And for them to really re-rack everything they had last year and just, you know, bring the gang back for another run of things, uh, truly special. I, I can't believe they did that. I mean, it's like the salary cap doesn't even exist. In Kansas City, you know, credit to their front office for uh, getting all these deals done, keeping the gang together. And, yeah, I mean, it's honestly when it comes down to it, I just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think there are some Super Bowl values out there. You know, you look at the Steelers. Um, yeah, I think Steelers are probably my favorite Super Bowl value just in terms of like a team that if everything goes right for them, they can win it. But, you know, just in the course of a normal season, I don't know how you can really bet against, you know, the best quarterback in the game with this type of loaded roster. So Chiefs over 11 and a half. This has been the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, best of luck to the Chiefs and every other team this season. I'm Ian Harditz. Uh, until next time, take care, everyone.